Welcome to the K-Hole. People are dying. My name's Ashley Brandt. And with me today is a special guest who you guys have heard on the podcast a few times before. Kayla Chapin is joining me to do the first triple feature in K-Hole history. Hello. Ashley loves to have me on because I go on so many tangents and she has to edit me out. Spent a lot of extra time uh, editing and so... I'm glad to be back and to help out for this triple feature. (laughs) This is going to be a truly, I think, Herculean effort on our part, but there is a lot to talk about, starting at the top with IRL news, because nothing happened while the show was off the air for a few months, and then literally everything happened this week, starting with the big ticket item known as Pepsi-gate. Kayla, do you want to explain what Pepsi-gate is? Holy cow. Well, so basically the gist of it is that Pepsi released a new advertisement, a lengthy commercial, like a minute and a half, would you say? Something like that. It felt far too long. (laughs) It was far too long. It was about a minute and a half too long, I would say. Um, Starring Kendall, um, and basically it's, you know, this, like, ode to the, uh, hot, hot, uh, protest, uh, trend that's going around right now. Hashtag resistance. Hashtag Has- Black Lives Matter. Hashtag Pepsi Lives Matter because, uh, basically Kendall is very busy, uh, in this commercial. She's doing a model sh- modeling shoot, uh, getting photographed, and they're flashing between, you know, some really nice artists, uh, maybe some struggling artists that are really trying to, you know, find their voice again, and they witness this protest happening outside of their windows, and, and Kendall's watching it as it's passing her while she's doing her photo shoot, and she decides, this is what I would rather be doing. I need to join the resistance. So she hops into the protest. She rips off her blonde wig and hands it to the only black woman (laughs) on set. Oh, wow. That was a really remarkable moment. Rips off her lipstick, just smears it, like, right off of her mouth. And, uh... Goes full girl next door, basically. Oh, yeah. She's got her denim vest on. She's, you know, really embrace the movement mm-hmm. whatever the movement is that she's a part of uh, and uh all Pepsi the signs Cola, say, i think <laughs> all the signs say is join the conversation what is the conversation what are we talking about very unclear but the police are there not in riot gear as we have seen at so many protests over the past few years just in some plain street clothing. clothes not street clothes but yeah cop plain uniform cop gear uh and uh Really, I think the whole commercial climax is when she hands the cop a uh, can of ice cold, I'm assuming, Pepsi Cola, and uh, really brings together the the people and the the armed forces. Really, <laughs> the police state. <laughs> the police state. It's really, really remarkable. Like moving, moving uh, show demonstration you might say so in the moments leading up chris jenner posts on instagram she's so proud of kendall which is something that chris does with absolutely every single campaign that kendall lands kendall posts behind the scenes videos uh pepsi posts the full commercial to twitter and people immediately go in because this is maybe one of the worst ideas of all time 
it is not tasteful whatsoever. Completely lacks any any taste. I assume cable listeners, impl- like, understand what's wrong with this commercial. But just in case anyone's unfamiliar, in case we have anyone new to the fold, it's worth going over again. Basically, <laughs> it's kind of just putting a Blue Lives Matter, Capitalist Lives Matter kind of spin on the struggle for human rights in the United States. And it's yeah. trivializing these important... Actual, like, serious conversations that are happening around the country and the world, really. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, it was embarrassing to watch. It really hurt me, my soul. Yeah, there's just... I mean, where even to begin? Because there is so much wrong with the police state that we live in. There's so much wrong with the lack of accountability that police officers face. But you know what? Everything was made made right by a... Skinny white girl and a Pepsi. By a skinny white girl and a Pepsi. Wow. I would have thought I would have solved all the world's problems by now because of all the Pepsis I've drank and uh, <laughs> how white I am. So, uh you know, you'd be surprised. I haven't solved any problems. <laughs> Interesting point. Um, Pepsi eventually released a public apology. Initially, their statement was that this commercial was supposed to, like, bring harmony together, express unity. Everyone was like, that's still bullshit. Pepsi was finally like, we're so sorry. We're sorry to have put Kendall in this position. Now, what I believe TMZ reported, maybe this wasn't TMZ, but I did read this source, that... Kendall basically just signed on for this campaign based on the name Pepsi only because getting a national brand commercial is like a big deal for her and her career. Whatever. That's understandable. I would have done the same thing. (laughs) But then she just completely bypassed the part of her contract where she would have been allowed to read the creative brief. She just did not care that much. Um, And then she just went through with it even after she was presented with this information Whenever she appeared on set, whenever this happened, I, you know. As it was happening. She didn't seem to care before, start during, to finish. or after. Nope. Never once. Um, a lot of, not a lot of people. I saw some comments, people saying that Kendall shouldn't be held accountable because she's a child. She's 21 years old. She owns a house. She owns a plethora of cars. Like, she needs to be held accountable, especially because she is complicit in white supremacist capitalist systems. So that's certainly... Something to think about. <laughs> I was really surprised because um, I feel like among people I know and people who I know from, like, particularly progressive circles, the Kardashians are kind of picking up steam as, like, you know, a cult, ironic sort of icon and people are getting more into the, like, idea of, like, being into the Kardashians or celebrity culture is like an anti-intellectual, like anti-elitist, pro, proto-pro-feminist statement, whatever, whatever we're doing here. It seems to be catching on. Um, but I was really surprised because some people are genuinely surprised that Kendall and Chris would sign off on this. And we've talked on the show previously about how Kendall is not, or Chris is not as involved at, with Kendall's career as the show maybe wants us to believe, or as involved as Chris was with her younger daughters. She still holds the title momager, so I still want to throw her in the mix here. (laughs) Oh, of course. She, I mean, either one of them could have stopped this 
at any time, really, to an extent, I guess. Um, they've had a lot of opportunities to speak out a lot of, about a lot of things and haven't necessarily done that. Uh, Hillary Clinton, prime example. Yep. Um, not Kim endorsing Kim her until, what, the day of the, the election? The day of the election. <laughs> and I do want to say, like, Kim supported Hillary during the primaries, which... In my personal opinion, not the most progressive move when we had a candidate pushing some socialist agendas, but a very bold move for someone in Kim's position. And by someone in Kim's position, I mean someone, a part of this family that is so focused on being extremely inoffensive. That is very true. I mean, kind of, she kind of dropped the ball after that then. She and yep. we flatlined a little bit. And now here we are. Here we are. Did you, do you follow Kim on Snap? I don't remember if you do or not. I do not. Okay. I have considered it many times. The only celebrity that I follow on Snapchat is going to be Spencer Pratt. I'm really into that hummingbird story. Shout out to Alan the hummingbird. Shout out to Spencer and Heidi's unborn child. Oh my God. I can't even tell you how jazzed I am about this. I know. I have really become a Spencer fan in the last couple of months. (laughs) I mean, his snap is incredible. He loves espresso. I also love espresso. He loves burritos, which I, again, also love. And he's a friend of the environment. I really appreciate that. Uh, Heidi as well. They're they're very warm-hearted animal lovers, and that's beautiful. They and are. now they're bringing in a human into this world, and congratulations to them, honestly. Absolutely. Our, our fondest... Um... Fondest regards to them, their children, their hummingbird, their many dogs. Wow, many blessings to the whole family, especially Alan the hummingbird. <laughs> Congratulations on that, like, amazing recovery. Um, but taking it back to Kim's Snapchat, a few uh, weeks ago, after Kim returned to Snap, she took a snapshot of this sign that said, you can't have a millionaire bank account with a minimum wage mindset. You know, it was just a sign that she probably bought at, like, a tacky store in Calabasas. Do you know what I mean? Full <laughs> of, like, overpriced, like, rich woman knickknacks. Mm-hmm. The stores that I really like to browse on my lunch break at times. <laughs> uh, you know, when I'm looking my best for work. Yes, and so aspirational. So I appear more wealthy than I actually am. <laughs> An aspirational brand. Yes. But some people that I know, who I respect, and I do not want to be calling these people out personally, were surprised that Kim would post something so deeply capitalist without regard for the way that our society um, keeps people of lower socioeconomic status in a lower socioeconomic status and how um, social mobility and class mobility is so much less possible than it used to be. And people were surprised that Kim wasn't taking these things into account. And I would love it if she did, and I would love if I could just project all of my (laughs) progressive values onto Kim Kardashian. Just set her down, you know, like, for lunch. Be like, hey, this is how you should have handled this. (laughs) Kim, let's talk about capitalism. Kim, let's talk about our friend Karl Marx. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) But, but, as Nick Fiore and I were discussing on Twitter, if you follow both of us on Twitter, you should have been able to see this exchange. The Kardashian family are longtime California conservatives, which is to say semi-socially liberal. I don't want to say libertarian by any means because they're not out there 
I don't know, living in the boonies with a gun or whatever libertarians do, voting for Rand Paul, I don't know. Um, <laughs> wow, a lot of things that I've blocked out of my mind in the last few months. <laughs> but they are very, very fiscally conservative. There are um, a couple of interviews that you can find. Maybe I should dig them up so I can fucking cite my sources for once in a lifetime. But there are some sources where Kim talks about her parents being very conservative, and by her parents, she means Kris Jenner and Robert Kardashian. Robert Kardashian was a lifelong Republican. Kris Jenner was conservative. Caitlyn is still voting Republican. I was going to say, we can't forget about Caitlyn, who's, yes, again, also voting Republican. Still. Mm-hmm. Still. And it's obviously notable that Kim has talked about Black Lives Matter. They're involved with, you know, Every Town, which is a cause against gun violence and pro-gun control. You know, they did finally come out for Hillary Clinton in the worst election of our lifetime but it's but at the same time like they are again such a blank palette for whatever you want to project onto them if you want to project a Bernie Sanders supporter onto Kim Kardashian like I suppose you could (laughs) you know what I mean like they don't make definitive public statements they make very bland statements that lend themselves to the idea that We can all achieve harmony under capitalism. Yeah, I mean, they, as polarizing as they are, they try to remain not so um, by not making those statements, I guess. You know, as polarizing as they are as a people. Yes. As as figures, as icons. Which definitely comes more from being women. Yes. I think than anything else. And obviously, like... There are things that they do that I disagree with, but I think so much of, like, the public perception of them comes down to misogyny and slut-shaming and not liking to see women be successful in spite of or because of the way they align align themselves with the patriarchy. Obviously, we can get into a whole thing (laughs) about that. I have many feelings. I would love to talk about them with any of our listeners at any time. Find me on Twitter at Ashley Brandt. But we have some breakups and some makeups to get through before. Wow, so much has happened, I feel, even just in the last week. I have had so much Kardashian news thrown at me from Ashley, I think. And I mean that in the best way um, that I'm just overwhelmed. And I've hardly even taken it all in, so let's recap. Okay, let's start at the top. Corey and Chris did not break up. There were reports that they had been on a break since February, that Chris was going to break up with him whenever she got around to it. The Kardashian clan firmly denies this. Um, honestly, I think Corey is going to be Chris's ride or die. I don't think that man has enough of a personality to break up with her, and I don't think she could bear to be alone right now. I agree with that. I mean, I knew nothing of Corey before these allegations came out of the breakup this week or last week or whenever that was um and i i have to say that i wholeheartedly agree with those statements just even watching these last three episodes and reading about him online he really doesn't have a lot going for him other than chris kardashian chris jenner excuse me i mean she may finally change her name back to kardashian she called robert senior daddy in the first episode that we're gonna talk about so Wow, I must have not paid attention she to that. She was talking to Chloe in the car, and she was like, remember when Daddy used to? I, it's a whole... Oh, that was a whole weird scene just in itself. Truly. Okay. 
Moving on through the makeups and breakups, Rob and China are back together again after breaking up shortly after the birth of their daughter, Dream Kardashian, which we are also going to talk about very briefly in this episode. I don't know, they got on China's mom's Snapchat and were acting a fool the way they normally do, being very performative and ostentatious about their relationship. They got back on each other's snaps doing stuff like that. I don't know. I don't care. Are they filming season two of the show? Doesn't matter. Spare <laughs> no us. one's watching that. <laughs> Spare us. Dream Kardashian is looking very cute. Um, Rob says he's reaffirmed his commitment to health. I don't believe a word that comes out of that man's mouth, so blessings to him and his family. He, I mean, yeah, that's another conversation. <clears throat> um, and the most exciting news, IMO, is that Kylie and Tyga broke up again. Wow. Can you believe it? If this could stick, I would be so happy for her. She is... It's time for her to spread her wings. As if she hasn't already with her... All of her things that she's up to. But it only gets better for her from here. Yes. And she does not need a man. Exactly. She's an independent woman. Yes. She don't need no man. She owns three she houses. Just don't need Tyga. <laughs> Thank you, God, always for this breakup. Am I right? You're right. You're right. Kylie is going to be getting her own show, and we did call this on the K-hole. It is going to be focused around her cosmetic line and hey. not on her personal life. Um, I will tune in. I don't know if this is going to go the way of Dash Dolls, but I have faith in her and her brand. I think her brand is more sustainable than Dash, as we've been I talking about. I have to agree completely with that i mean i forgot about dash immediately <laughs> after i learned about it and here i'm still thinking about even possibly someday buying a lip kit so that's saying a lot for me <laughs> truly and if you want to buy a lip kit and review on the show i'd love to have you back for that oh amazing great i'll, I'll look into it additionally some semi-breaking news taiga was not arrested, but taken into police custody at a club the other night, uh, I believe for parking violation, driving tickets, I don't know, the police came to get him, there were a ton of paparazzi at the club, the police wanted to perform a sobriety test, but couldn't because of the commotion outside, so they took him to the station, they did not ultimately arrest him, but honestly, like, what is he doing without his sugar mama, like, his life's in the toilet. <laughs> He's certainly not paying China child support, as we know. Oh, my God. Well, that whole dynamic is just too much for me to... But you know what? He didn't stick as a character in this show, and I think that that should have been a huge warning sign to Kylie. Honestly. Yes. Absolutely. We don't need him. She don't need him either. So let's um, let's just clean our plates of Tyga. In other supporting character news, China's attempt to trademark the name Angela Kardashian was blocked by the Kardashian sisters. There has been some very strange back and forth in the media where, you know, Kim, Courtney, Chloe et al. said, we're not trying to block China from trademarking her name. And then they did it anyway. Um, very shady. I don't know. I wish China all the best. I think she needs her own show away from Rob. And I hope that her and her children have the happiest life. She can trademark the name of her show when she when Absolutely. she creates it. Absolutely, because I do not believe that her and Rob are getting married. That would, uh, you know, that that would raise some questions in my mind. Absolutely. So. You know what she could do? She could trademark the name Dream Kardashian. I think that would be beautiful. I think that'd be a great idea. 
Um, and our final piece of IRL news, Kanye released one of the things that he has been working on in his time away from the spotlight. It is a Yeezy jewelry line. Have you seen it? Did you? Do I have Googling? not seen it. Okay, I'm gonna I can just, Google it right now as we're talking. Do you like to Google as I yeah, talk? Yeah, okay. absolutely. So it is a series of gold chains with some Christian imagery. Christian imagery. Christian imagery. Christian. <laughs> I was thinking if there was another word, there definitely isn't. Um, Christian imagery. Christian imagery. That's what it is. Um. You know, some references to um, Renaissance art of Jesus, stuff like that. Um, and the chains are priced at ten to $13,000. There's really not been too much press coverage of this aside from, like, diehard Kanye fans. Oh, here it is. And now Kanye West's a jewelry designer. Okay, thank you, Daily Beast. <laughs> Prices range from fifteen thirty. Fifteen hundred thirty dollars to thirteen thousand, mm-hmm. which seems steep. I don't know. I don't think I'll be adding to my collection. I, you know, was kind of hoping that I would be able to, but because there's what nothing I love more than gold chains and Christian imagery. <laughs> what are your first impressions? My first impressions are that he should not even consider putting these on Instagram because that is just asking for robbers, <laughs> and we know how that went the first time. Too soon? Uh, so, yeah, I would not recommend that. Um, in fact, I would say, you know what, Rob, go ahead and put your Rolexes on Instagram. No one's going to come after you if these Yeezy chains hit Instagram, much less Snapchat. Oh, my God. No, absolutely not. Well, um, they are, Yeah. Here they are. There they are. I'm, I'm honestly They're not impressed. extremely Kanye, though. Like, classic, neoclassic, renaissance art. I feel like I could have dug one of these out of the ground. Yes. Very Kanye. Very, In you know. Jerusalem. Playing on the art of the greats and merging it with hip-hop culture. Um, peace and blessings to him. I cannot afford any of these. If any of you guys happen to see one of these in the flesh, we would love to hear about it. I'd love to see some photos. Let me know. But this is a great jumping off point to get into one of the three episodes we are covering today. Wow. Entitled Aftermath. It is the third episode of season 13. I really feel like they should have skipped 13. I'm a little superstitious about the number 13. I think they should have gone straight to season 14, but. I mean, what, why not just go ahead and do 13? Like, it's about like, the biggest moment in Kardashian history, this Paris, that's all that needs to be said to describe it. That's how they, you know, refer to it in their daily conversations, Paris. Um, Like, I mean, knock on wood, but how, like, you might as well just go for it at this point. Just, Just keep it chronological. I mean, and one of the worst years of, like, global history. Just, just like, the just worst year, like, just a lot of terrible shit happening. Can we swear on this program? Oh, absolutely. Great. A lot of fucking terrible shit happening everywhere <laughs> for everyone. And, uh, like, why even bother worrying about superstition, if you ask me. But. You're right, you're right. So, <sighs> Aftermath is the first episode we're talking about. And this is the episode dealing with the weeks directly after um, Kim Paris. was robbed. After Paris. <laughs> after Kim was robbed in Paris. For the A-plot, we have kind of a series of 
I want to say vignettes about Kim and how she's doing after the robbery, showing that she's shaken up, showing that she's concerned about security, showing kind of what she's doing with her time Showing that Chris is concerned about security. (laughs) That is maybe the bigger coherent story here. Mm -hmm. Um, And kind of merging with that are two storylines about Kendall and Kylie. Um, Kendall has a stalker who went through the gate at her house in... I think Westwood on the west side of LA, um, and was banging on her car trying to talk to her. This man was arrested. Kendall is debating whether or not to testify at his hearing. And she feels, um, bad. Yeah, conflicted. Because of this man's history with, um, mental health issues. Yeah, I mean, it was endearing, I suppose. She, she was really going back and forth about, you know, should I do this? And everyone's saying, yes, 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 of course you should, especially now. Mm -hmm. And she's just like, I feel really bad though. Like, why don't we get him to a hospital where he can get some help? Which I think was like a, you know, a thoughtful thing to say Mm -hmm. in this like environment, this, you know, police state, uh, (laughs) that we're in. Um, to kind of identify that as a solution. Very true. Uh, but, Chris, girl, you gotta get in the, you gotta get in that courtroom. Yeah, Chris is not having any of this. Chris is still crying up a storm about Paris, about what happened to Kim, about what's happening to Kendall, and about this false alarm breaking at Kylie's house. Oh, yes, the false alarm breaking. That was it. That was... A huge buildup for very little payoff uh, yep, in that episode. That was very prominently featured. Very in... prominently featured. <laughs> a lot of, like, previews for that. Mm-hmm. Breaking glass. Uh, someone, they're saying someone's in the house. Whatever, whatever. Chris crying on the phone. Chris flipping out. <laughs> ready to, like, put her slippers on and, like, run down the street to Kylie's house to investigate. Unarmed, you know... But, like, her her motherly, you know, instincts have come out and she is ready to fight a man. <laughs> and I want to point out that one line that was heavily featured in every preview was Chris saying, you can't tell someone having a panic attack to calm down. The way it was presented in previews, it was, you know, in a montage between Kim being upset about the robbery, between Kendall talking about her stalker, between the breaking news that there may have been a break-in at Kylie's house, we have three daughters in peril here, right? Three daughters in peril. No mothers. In pa- no mothers are in peril. But do you know who Chris Jenner was referring to? Who was having the panic attack? Who doesn't need to be told to calm down? It was Chris Jenner herself. She was having a panic attack, quote-unquote. You know, I don't want to, you know tell someone when they are or are not having a panic attack but it seemed like she was really just wanting to yell and just be loud rather than you know having a panic attack but you know could have been like a very scary situation Mm -hmm. kylie was not home at the time Mm -hmm. her dogs were she was very concerned about her dogs and i felt for her in that moment oh yeah absolutely she's on the phone with Corey. Corey's like don't move do not dare go over there what are you going to do to an intruder 
He says, I'll go over there. I'm 15 minutes away. I'm on whatever highway he's on. I'm heading right there. And she said, no, you're too far. Chris is like, no, you're too far. I can be there in four minutes. Like, and Corey is like, calm down. And that does not sit well with Chris. Uh, And, but she listens to him. She does. She listens to him. She eventually Voice of reason, Corey. Corey Gamble. <laughs> she eventually gets on the phone with the um, LAPD, and they're basically like, doesn't seem to be anything amiss. It seems like the system just got triggered for no reason. Perhaps a dog. We don't know. Um, and, you know, Chris calms down. But this ties in with probably Corey Gamble's best appearance in the show so far, because he is here to take care of Chris. He is here to take care of his her daughters. Her yeah. daughters. His daughters. His stepdaughters. He did. Uh, apparently, I, the police did say that someone calling themselves, calling themselves Kylie's stepdad, stepfather, was at the house. Chris is like, oh, yeah, that's Corey. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it isn't. He's like 20. He's like, whatever, 30, whatever. He's like, he's a child. You know, 37 or something. He's a 37-year-old grandfather <laughs> by marriage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, Corey's vocation prior to being Chris Jenner's boy's toy was being a tour manager. So he was a tour manager for Justin Bieber, which is, I guess, how they met, whatever. Um, so he has experience with security, and he puts himself in charge of interviewing all of the new security people. And we get a couple of quick shots of that. And he seems to be taking it very seriously. The question that they show him asking doesn't seem to make sense, which I noted at the time. Yeah, what was it? It was just, like, he, like, prefaced it with something like, okay, gotta get to the important question, presented a hypothetical scenario but didn't ask a question. How are you gonna protect your girls? Yes. Or whatever. (laughs) And, you know, my other thing was that, like, they had the guy's face blurred out, but he seemed quite old. (laughs) Did you notice that? I did not. He seemed rather old to me and, like, like a blues brother. <laughs> more so than, like, a protector or, you know, a strong guy who's going to tackle someone. Mm-hmm. Like, what's his name? Pascal. Pascal. Yes. You know, I really felt bad for Pascal in Absolutely. the uh, Paris episode. Absolutely. He wasn't there. I can't imagine how heartbreaking that was for him to not be there to protect Kim. Absolutely. But anyway, that's in the past. Um, but yeah, that was, I, I mean, props to Corey for taking the initiative there or for, you know, someone taking the initiative to create that storyline for him. Um, <laughs> Good on him for hitting his lines, hitting his marks in his best appearance yet. I believed him, you know. <laughs> he had some, like, you know non-controversial things to say was very like it was good that's about the most like thoughtful thing i can say about it it was good but he's been a he's been a supporting character on the show for like two or three seasons now and this is the most that's shocking to personality me. i've ever seen out of him because usually it's like you know he'll make an appearance with chris and then Eventually, he'll say something weird, and then the sisters will be like, oh, that was odd. 
it's odd period it really is um but this episode in its entirety i feel like was shaped around it, it was a response to some of the backlash that came from the media after the robbery these concerns that oh what were they doing why did they not have better security why aren't they why weren't they taking their security seriously yeah. yes um and also concerns that you know kim wasn't acting appropriately you know there were photos of kim on her phone, you know, about five hours later that were released and people were like, oh, she seems fine. Why is she on her phone? You know, why wouldn't she want to communicate with her husband and her kids? I don't know. I mean, I am constantly on my phone. You, I, if I were a- in, a, in a tragic <laughs> situation, I feel like that's a comforting object to me, much like a blanket is to a child. Um, so I would absolutely, that's not a question that I absolutely. would raise at all. It feels like a compulsion at this point. That. More than a, more than a conscious action. Exactly. Um, oh, the other thing I think we should recall from this episode, some classic Keeping Up with the Kardashians tropes, the references to Robert Kardashian Sr.'s ghost. Oh my god. Okay, first of all. Okay, so... The situation is that the day of the robbery, Kim's Blackberry's alarm goes off at 11 a.m. Paris time. Mm-hmm. As, as Chris prefaces. As Chris prefaces. And um, it's never gone off. She's apparently. had a Blackberry, She's had for, a Blackberry 10 for 10 years. It's never gone off. And um, apparently it's... The anniversary of Robert Sr.'s funeral. Right. And, you know, classic Robert Sr. uh, post-death, post-mortem. Classic post-mortem Robert Sr. is to create these false alarms. (laughs) One of which, apparently, was this Blackberry alarm. So, uh, yeah. Just a little reference to him there. My biggest question, I guess, was... How has Kim gone 10 years without setting an alarm on her BlackBerry? She has two phones. She has a BlackBerry and an iPhone. I guess you can't, you know, call across the room to your BlackBerry and ask it to set an alarm for you like you Mm -hmm. can with Siri. Yeah. That makes sense. But still. Still. Like, not even, like, you know, to check on a cake or... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the blackberry's just closer so you set you know yeah. a timer or something yeah right. it, it, that was like but also like to me kim buys blackberries on ebay have you heard this no the i black- i was already surprised to hear that she owned a blackberry yes the blackberry bold which came out i don't know like five six seven years ago at this point she likes that model so much that she buys old ones on ebay whenever her current blackberry bold breaks because it's no longer manufactured Obviously. So, like, for there, good reason. There are a plentitude of reasons why that alarm could have gone off. And supernatural activity <laughs> is at the bottom of this list. Classic, <laughs> classic daddy. I know you don't, you don't watch the show very much, but. Um, I don't really keep up with the Kardashians as much as I But could. you're really keeping up in this episode. You're doing pretty good. Um. One thing that I loved is post-factum, they really like to add Robert in. Like, they can never fit him in before the bad thing happens, but afterwards, they love to go in and add stuff. How do we put their dead dad in this 
right now. Exactly. So when something traumatic has happened, so Courtney and let's Kim take New York. Back. Courtney and Kim take New York, the best season that they've ever had, which was the season where started immediately after Kim's marriage to Chris Humphreys and ended with her divorcing Chris Humphreys. Fucking amazing TV, let me tell you. <laughs> so uh, when that came out, there was a lot of kind of um, rumors and speculation that there was a lot of editing going on to kind of put the storyline of the divorce together because they originally were planning on leaving it on the note that they were having marital issues, that they were thinking about being separated. And then when the news of the divorce broke before the show premiered, they had some editing to do. So somewhere along the way, they find the time to have Kim meet with a psychic, a medium actually, who communicates with their father. This is not the psychic that they had last season. Tyler, whatever his last name is, the Hollywood medium, you don't know him. He's like 19, <laughs> he's like a very creepy like 19 year old child. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, like yes. creepy children, but he's 19. Like I might say, you know, to compare, like a Macaulay Culkin? Culkin? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Macaulay Culkin also. <laughs> Macaulay Cokehead. <laughs> yeah, Macaulay Cokehead. Uh, so yeah, that's what I think of yeah. when I think of a 19-year-old child is yes. Macaulay Culkin. Exactly. So that guy did. They had him on a few seasons ago to talk to Robert Sr. in a different situation. I think about Chloe and whatever was going on with Lamar at the time. Anyway, so when Kim was still married to Chris Humphreys, they found the time to bring a medium in, have the medium talk to Chris, to Kim about her marriage. This is actually, um, what is his name? What is the name of the former John, okay, John Edward is the name of the psychic. Yes. John Edwards is the name of the former Democratic candidate for president who cheated on his wife when she had cancer. Yes, that's the most accurate assessment. That is how I remember John Edward the psychic. They had John Edward come and talk to Kim. And this is actually one of those famous Kim crying moments, not the one where she has the bun and she's like hysterically crying, but the one where her hair is down and she's looking up and she's crying. Mm-hmm. Um, John Edward makes contact with her father who tells her something bad is going to happen, something related to something that had happened before. And she starts crying because she remembers that her father was not a fan of her first marriage to Damon Dash and then was basically like, I wish my father had been here to warn me about marrying this idiot. Whew. I just got goosebumps, you know? (laughs) You know, another thing I noticed, um, and this is a little bit off topic, I'm sorry, but... Um, when they were talking about Kendall's stalker and Chris was like, oh, did you get a restraining order on this guy? Which, A, I feel like Chris knows damn well whether or not her kid got a restraining order on someone. We don't need to create this conversation for the show. Uh, but, you know, Kendall was like, yeah, I did. And, um, Chris was like, oh, are you going to trial with, like, a jury and everything? And Kendall's like, yeah, just like the movies. Like, and you've never had, like, a situation where you've, like, been in a courtroom or like surely this has come up like it's definitely come up in a kardashian life i know robert kardashian was not your father but like it just seems like that would not come as such a you know be such a big event to her yeah and have to be related to, to fictional events right wow just like the movies just like the movies wow we also forgot to mention this in irl news i want to touch on it real quick caitlin's memoir is coming out 
And Ooh. in it, she alleges that Robert Kardashian Sr. knew OJ was guilty and defended oh, right. him. And defended him specifically to spite Kris Jenner for being with Caitlyn at the time. This seems false to me, but you know what? It might get me to read her memoir, which I was, I was gonna not going to do like, to begin with. Here we are. Um, Chris also referenced uh, that uh, whole thing uh, in the show when she was talking in the car with Chloe. Yeah. About how she, you know, all this was bringing back memories of Nicole for her, which was... Everything just always comes for full circle, you know? <laughs> Especially when those events revolve around Chris Jenner. Absolutely. We can, we can tie anything to anything. But moving right along in the kind of Kim Kardashian post-robbery image sculpting, that is these three episodes, we arrive at Kim's last ditch effort, I believe is what it's called. Last ditch effort. And the big A plot here is that Kim wants a third baby. Every time Kim is pregnant, she hates it. I hate it for her. It seems miserable. I don't think... It doesn't go well. No. Uh, and not only is it, like, kind of inconvenient and painful, but she has, like, severe medical issues every single time. Preeclampsia, um, placental, something or Whatever other. has left a hole in her uterus. That sounds like something I would not like at all. I don't like anything that has to do with my uterus whatsoever. No, absolutely Especially, not. Especially, like, there being a baby in it, I'm assuming. No. Good God, no. But, um, and I mean, like, we've seen Courtney loves being pregnant. Courtney would probably be pregnant with a fourth baby if Scott was not a fuckboy. <laughs> but Kim not only has a hard time being pregnant and giving birth, but she has a hard time getting pregnant. So, you know, she goes to get a second, third opinion, as she is wont to do when she wants to have a new child. And they decide that they're going to do this surgery on her uterus. Like a last chance surgery to try and fix her falling apart old uterus. <laughs> and uh, so that she could maybe have another child. All the while I'm sitting there thinking, you, you must stop. <laughs> you must stop this. Because she and Kanye have all of the money in the world for a surrogate. Kanye could sell... They could buy so many babies. Kanye could sell three of his chains and be able to afford a surrogate for this occasion. Honestly, they could impregnate multiple surrogates <laughs> with their children and have them all born at once. Yeah. How amazing would that be? Why wow. not? Very efficient. But... And we talked about this a little bit on the show before. I think Kim is very invested in the idea of both motherhood and, like, what that means as a woman and, like, how that, I think, complements her kind of sex symbol image. I mean, obviously, she loves her kids, she loves her husband, but I think she is, in a certain way, invested in portraying herself as a mother in the public eye because of the amount of derision she gets for being a sex symbol. Well, what really annoyed me the most, I think, in this episode and the last couple of episodes is, like, post-Paris, such a big thing for her was, like, wow, my children almost did not have a mother. Like, I, you know, want to be there for them as much as I possibly can every waking moment. And, like, you know, you've seen since she got back, she's 
not left the house. She's being a mom. Mm-hmm. And she looks great. She's living her best life. Um, I would love to do that. Just sit at home with my children. Absolutely. With like the longest weave you could possibly the get. The longest weave. <laughs> I was like dying over everyone's hair. But um, just like how distraught she was by her children almost not having a parent to then her wanting to put her life on the line to have another baby was like just stop you don't have to do this it seems somewhat masochistic at this point like it seems like she is upset with herself to a certain extent for not having the easy pregnancies courtney has and like there's something she seems to want to prove almost and this is not i think what's going into like shaping the show um but this seems like a very primal like drive that she has to do this image of motherhood that she's seen you know chris emulate she's seen courtney emulate and she has like we said all the money in the world to do a surrogate all of the resources in the world who would not want to do that first of all That's very true. I mean, I suppose, on the other hand, she has all the money and resources in the world to have another uterus surgery (laughs) to try and repair things so that she may once again give birth on her own. Um, That, like, makes me think of a farm animal. Able to give birth on her own um, without human intervention. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. My, like, country roots are showing. Uh, Shame on me. Uh, Because that was not something I thought of. (laughs) (laughs) You can take the the country out of the girl, but, you know. You can't take the girl out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the girl, as they say. I don't agree with it, but, you know. Every once in a while, just come through, you know. (laughs) Um, but the end result of this surgery is that Kim spends most of the episode toting around a pee bag and a catheter. Oh my god. Yes, she does. miserable and mortifying. Honestly, if this was happening to me, I would not leave my house. I would stay in my room until my roommates- I would stay in my room until my roommates were all safely tucked away in their rooms so I would not have to cross paths with them while I was peeing into a bag. Honestly, I would starve to death before I made any human contact. Um, yeah, we had a couple close calls with, you know, the camera angles. I really thought I was going to, like, see the pee. Uh, and we didn't, so it was a, an unfounded concern of mine. But, um, yeah, it was it was a big thing. And she was just sitting there on the couch talking to Jonathan or whoever, just like with her bag of piss and I'm like wow I you know what I commend you on doing that on television so not only on television in front of Jonathan who is like often her weird sidekick to medical things I don't know why I don't know if he's supposed to be a surrogate Kanye I don't know if this was the only time he's available and he has some kind of contract that dictates he makes a certain number of appearances every season but he was unnecessary and I would have taken Simon over Jonathan in an instant. I would have taken a sister over Jonathan because all he is is grossed out by female anatomy, which is not helping the case that he supposedly dates women. <laughs> That's a thing? He supposedly <laughs> dates women? Yes. Oh, see, I didn't even know that. He has so. a long time no on and off girlfriend who's like 10 years younger than him. That's curious. And they're photographed together just often enough. Huh. 
Well, but he definitely almost walks in on Kim getting stuff put in and taken out of her vagina. Well, you don't pee out of your vagina, your urethra, but... You know what I mean, like... I do, but the, like the doctors some... are in in where he doesn't want to be. Now, I don't know how many male listeners we have, but some adult men genuinely think that women pee out of their vaginas. That is not true. You're absolutely right. I definitely just want to set that straight. If anyone... You're right. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me for misspeaking. They, the doctor or nurse or whomever was uh, shooting some liquid up into Kim's bladder or something so that she could, you know, attempt to pee on her own. Yes. Uh, you know, snaps to her for figuring that out. But uh, Jonathan walked in as, as that was happening and, no, he almost walked in. He knocks on the door. We're like, come on, Jonathan, like, you don't want to be in here right now. Just go away. No one wants you here. Exactly. And you know what? Kim eventually does pee on her own. Yes. <sighs> Wait, so, I need to look up. I'm going to look up pictures of Jonathan Cheevan and Simon Huck just to see what you think of them. Um, okay. Brooke and I have talked about this on the show before. Anyone who is a longtime listener may know where this is going. Um, Simon Huck is honestly, like, a delightful person. He's, like, a very good person to have I don't on the think show. I've watched any episodes with this He, guy. weirdly, is, like, better friends with Courtney, I think, than Kim. But when I think makes... I would be better friends with Courtney than Kim, too, but... Fascinating. Okay, That's we're gonna... another conversation right We there. are gonna look at some pics right now, okay. real quick, and you are gonna tell me what your first impressions of these... These are them together? Yes. I just hate Jonathan so much. I don't even know him, but I can't even. Does look this at him. look like two friends and business partners, or what? No, does this it looks look like? like they, um, they're friends in secret. Wink. Um, Jonathan looks like he should have been in a rock band, like Aerosmith, maybe like. The in hair the back. is very outdated. And um, Simon, beautiful. Simon is very I love pleasant way he person. dresses, yeah. and I love his glasses. He's just, like, a very kind person. He doesn't he hang out with the family so a lot. He seems so kind. He has such a kind face, and, um, you really... know what? I think Simon deserves better than Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Um, but I like Simon on the show because he doesn't hang out with the family enough where he's, like, making... Like, I feel like Like, Jonathan... walking in on Kim, like, yes. with something, you know, well, in I her urethra. Like, I feel like Jonathan does that thing where he makes a lot of callback references that, like, the audience maybe doesn't quite get to just prove that he really is friends with Kim. Whereas Simon is out of the loop enough where you can pop him in a scene and he's going to ask the important questions that the audience needs to catch up. Well, the last time I was on the show uh, for Chloe's Breast Friends was when, yeah, they he's got his arm around him in that picture. Uh, for Chloe's Breast Friends, um, that was when... Chris, once again, having a meltdown about, uh, that was when Kim was helping Caitlin get ready for the ESPYs. Yes! And Jonathan was present for that, like, phone conversation, and I'm just like, why are you here? It's just, like, a recurring question that I have about Jonathan. Why are you here? What is your value to this right now? Have I ever... Okay, this is another tangent that we're going to go on real quick. Great, love it. I hope everyone is on board with this Jonathan content. If you're not on board with the Jonathan content, 
Uh, let me know. Let the K-hole know on Twitter. Don't let me know. I Kayla, don't need to Kayla know. Kayla needs to know this right now, which is that there was a plot line in Courtney and Kim Take New York when Kim was married to Chris Humphreys, where Chris Humphreys was like, Jonathan is definitely not straight. This is very surprising news to me that he supposedly dates women. And then Kim was like, I've known Jonathan for 10 years, and I guess I really don't know what his sexual preference is. And then the whole episode was about basically proving that Jonathan is straight. It was a very weird storyline. That sounds fabricated to me. It indeed. absolutely does. It sounds like it had a thesis that it went out to prove. And I honestly, believe, I don't think you could make it ten years without knowing someone's sexual preference. Fucking well, but like Kim doesn't have emotional intimacy in her rela- her relationships, which is one thing that I love about her. That's highly relatable, honestly. <laughs> well, I mean, that's fine. That's good. Anyway. Um, the, uh, the B-plot and the C-plot are so boring. So I actually, let's talk about the B-plot first. The B-plot is Chloe launching Good American. It's literally just a spot for Good American. They go to the photo shoot. Chloe's worried she's not going to make the numbers. I don't care. Honestly, I left that episode thinking I need to go to Nordstrom and get me some Good American jeans. Really now? Yes, really now. But also... Tell me. This is the thing, like, I relate to Chloe the most, and I know you want to pin me as a as Chris, and I don't know if that's because I, you know, am older than you, and I'm a mother. Um, <laughs> I'm not an actual mother. I have a cat child, but no real children. But I just, like, really relate to Chloe and her just attitude, and I love when she's talking to Chris, and Chris is going on and on and on, and Chloe's just like, yeah, yeah, I feel like that's me. But anyway, Chloe, I emulate her. She's a piece of shit, but I just love it. Okay. We're, we'll talk about why Chloe's a piece <laughs> of shit more. God, I wish you had seen more of the series because, like, the first few seasons, Chloe, Chloe and Courtney both hate Chris and have no problem letting people know it. That's beautiful. Because Courtney was the oldest when Robert Sr. and Chris broke up, and Chris was having an affair. Courtney was the oldest. She's always the oldest, no matter what the <laughs> no matter what the occasion this is. is. <laughs> this is true. As the oldest, Courtney kind of seemed to be the most cognizant and harbor the most resentment about that. Mm-hmm. And then I think Chloe had some post factum trauma and resentment because she okay. So Chloe or so Chris and Caitlin got together when Chloe was like five. Five, right? As we learn, right? So that's about or probably already knew, but here again. So that's about a year, less than a year after Chris and Robert Senior break up. So around the time Chloe was three or four, just kind of forming memories, was when Chris was having her affair and bringing this other guy around the house who was not Chloe's father, and Chloe was like a sort of non-cognizant witness to this and she harbored a lot of resentment about that by now that has i think faded from public view the sisters kind of pretend that they got over this as they got older well i find that interesting that chloe would be i don't find it interesting that chloe would be resentful of chris but i think then that makes it interesting that she then develops such a relationship with bruce um which is, you know, we talk about that then again in the next episode, which we'll yes. get to. But Okay, and then I actually mm-hmm. could not remember the C-plot at all. 
I already don't remember, and I was just looking at her. I had to look it up on Wikipedia, because all of the notes I took for this episode were related to Kim's pee bag, Jonathan's (laughs) presence, and the fact that North looked fucking adorable on camera. Oh my god. In every every shot. Such an angel. She is just, she's gonna be such a star. Oh. I have no doubt in my mind. Um, and then, was this the one where Dream was born? I don't remember because don't... what it said on Wikipedia was that Rob has to learn to ignore criticism from his family. Is this when Dream was born? I don't think it is. This is when he's like, oh, I yes. really want to, like, repair things with my family uh, so that I can create traditions with my daughter. I want us to share this Armenian you meal together. All right. And I want Chloe to cook this stuff. And, uh... Because Chloe is both my sister and my mother. Yes, and I want Chloe to do this with my child, and I'll just be around for it. Um, <laughs> so right. he's trying to, like, bring back his Armenian roots. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, kind of ignore her black half for now. Um, bring back some Armenian roots, really establish some traditions that, you know, were present in his life before Robert Sr. died, and because... Because Robert Sr. was really the, you know, glue that held the traditions together. I don't know. Um, That was a thing for him. So Rob wants it to be a thing for him and his family. Did you catch the big admission from that storyline? Probably. So this has been reported before, but I don't think it's really been spoken about too much on the show, which is that um, after Chris and Robert Sr. divorced, um, Kim, Chloe, and Mm -hmm. Courtney lived with Kris Jenner and Caitlyn. And as as primary parents, obviously they right. like saw Robert Senior, whatever. Right. Um, but Rob chose to live with Robert Senior. Yes, it was Robin Rob, Robin Rob, Robin Big Rob, Robin Big. <laughs> Another great show <laughs> from my past. Um, no, yes, and how old was he up until then? Like sixteen. Yeah. Um, Flash to. A bunch, a bunch of old home videos of, you know, them playing baseball together or whatever. Mm-hmm. Rob running track. Rob running track, which I would love to see him do now. <laughs> Speaking of which, he also wants to get his health back in order uh, um, for his family. But. This is just a plot line that reoccurs every, like, two months. And it loses steam every single time. It honestly sounds like me. Every Monday. <laughs> Start fresh Monday, you know. <laughs> I'm going to eat the salad and then end up me tonight eating a box of macaroni and cheese out of the pan but that's another relatable as hell um so i think like in kind of the series of events that's being set up here the big important thing is in the aftermath the kardashians are taking this seriously everyone is behaving appropriately it's sort of a somber mood kim is affected by what's going on etc etc in kim's last stitch effort we're talking about kim being a mother we're trying to present this sort of relatable side of her the sort of every woman side that wants to be a mother and experience quote-unquote natural motherhood while at the same time tying into kind of the kardashian family traditions and chloe's anxiety about her genes doing well yeah and you know what they did great (laughs) was there ever any doubt (laughs) they sold 150,000 units (laughs) no problem they hit their numbers um the best showing that Nordstrom has ever had. Second best. 
What was the first best? I don't they know. never said. They never said. Second best showing that Nordstrom's ever had. Congratulations. They on had nothing that. to worry about all along. Absolutely not. And then this leads us all into When It Rains It Pours Part One. Part one. Part two is gonna be airing this Sunday. But part one is leading up to Kanye's breakdown. I really thought we were going to see a little bit more of it, but we pretty much end with Kim being on the phone with Kanye's friend crying. Yes. That was annoying to me because they really kept playing that as a preview. And we never find out more. That's how they they hit us with that cliffhanger, you know? Yep. I mean, I'm going to tune back in next week. Are you? Because you're not a regular watcher of the show. Honestly, I might do it. Like, what am I doing? Big Little Lies is over. I need a new show. Maybe it's going to finally be Keeping Up with the Kardashians. (sighs) You keep dragging me in, and I'm going to be getting invested here pretty soon. So I, like, can have a conversation about the Kardashians now. So here we are. I mean, there's no better time because this shit is about to get real. It's about to go down. Yes. Because getting into, like, what we can expect from next week, like, this is not a situation that's in Kim's control, but her marriage is such a part of her public image that there's mm-hmm. no way she's going to get away with not addressing this. Absolutely. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, I, I will be very curious to see what happens, because we've been seeing some of Connie in these past few episodes. He and Kim FaceTime China at the hospital, which I was kind of like, what are you possibly doing? I you can't be there. I saw that. I mean, I am. I saw it because I was watching uh, Kim constantly not being anywhere because other than home because that's where she wants to be and she's a mom. She's got to watch kids. And um, also when she misses, was it Chris's birthday or yes. Kendall's birthday? No, it was Kendall's birthday. You're right. There are a lot of Scorpio lot birthdays, of birthdays happening. All everyone's, there. like literally everyone's birthdays happened in the last. Caitlin, Kendall. Dream Kardashian, all Scorpios. And Kim. No, Kim is well, a Libra. I, well, excuse me. Her birthday was a, a part it of It was this, very recent, is what yes. I meant. Yes. Um, where they surprised her, but not, like, actual surprised her, lest she have a, a panic yes. attack or a PTSD <laughs> I really episode. thought that that was I know, I was like, this <laughs> seems like a terrible idea. I don't know why we're doing this. Um, but, yeah, absolutely. A lot of, a lot of Scorpio birthdays. Lots of, lots of very, uh, very powerful water, water signs happening here. Chloe's a cancer. And I personally love cancers. Nick Fiore is a cancer. I think cancers are very sweet. They're the only water signs I particularly care for. But we kind of see the bad, the bad in the cancer here. Um, and that's really, I want to say it's the B plot. The B or the C plot, because the A plot is Kim kind of weighing a return to the public eye. So, I mean, like, the big kind of thread moving through all three of these episodes is Kim in the public eye. Kim thinking about coming back to the public eye. She goes to Kanye's show at the forum. She's uncomfortable with people staring at her. Um, Her sisters are uncomfortable with people staring at her. And she, she sits the whole time. Courtney's dancing her ass off, getting sweated Courtney on. Courtney gets in the mosh pit. Courtney is enjoying the hell out of that show. Courtney is loving her life post Scott. But 
Kim ends up weighing a return to the public eye uh, because her father is being honored at um, a humanitarian award show. Um, this is about the middle of December. She says she's not going to do it. Um, you know, Chris breaks out the photo albums, the home videos, and she says, you know what? I want to do this. I want to, like, honor my father. Um, and if you guys remember, it was widely reported that Kim was going to make an appearance at this event in New York. And the night of, well, the afternoon of, you know, Kim lands in New York and gets the news that Kanye um, has been hospitalized and immediately flies back to L.A. Uh, well, not uh, off-trend for her to be canceling events during this time, anyway. Um, it's pretty understandable. Yeah. Um, yeah, that whole thing, and that reminds me as... Uh, we were talking about Kim's birthday and home videos, the, uh, Kanye's. Yes! God. I cried so many times. I, if you didn't cry watching that, like, you have no heart, and I have no heart. As and a Capricorn, you have no heart. As a Capricorn, I have no heart. Um, but that was truly a moving, uh, tweet. As much as a tweet can move me, I was moved. <laughs> it moved everyone. We saw Chris crying over it, too. Mm -hmm. um, Holding her phone in portrait mode, watching a video, <laughs> clearly in landscape. <laughs> oh, God. Honestly, though, really good birthday gift. Um, Absolutely. Very thoughtful. Very Kanye. Very thoughtful. Very Kanye. We're, we're watching all kinds of home videos during this time with, you know, the girls going to this event for Robert Sr. Um, and Kim does decide to go. She does. She does decide to go, and she's in New York when she gets right, right. the call where we end the episode with her crying on the phone. I mean, obviously, like, I really felt for her. I feel... I talk a lot about how there's no emotional intimacy in their relationship, but I don't think that means that she doesn't love him. I think she loves Kanye a lot, and I feel like the fact that they can be somewhat emotionally distant from each other is what they love about each other. Mm hmm I mean, I, I'm into it. Absolutely. It's aspirational. <laughs> My dream, yeah. <laughs> As a Capricorn. <laughs> um, yeah. What, what else we got? The B-plot and the C-plot... I'm kind of torn as to which is which because I feel like ultimately Courtney and Scott get more screen time, but that has so much less weight because we've been through this a million times. Like, Courtney has finally resolved to not give Scott another chance until he shows some consistency, which is a big problem for him. He's not very good at that. So, you know, in order to be consistent, they, you know, what... We just saw them going to Disneyland together when everyone was going to meet in Miami. So, you know, mm -hmm. to be consistent, let's plan another trip. Yep. That's just, where we have the best time. Exactly. Is when we are only the two of us together with our kids um, in a vacation destination. Uh, and let's go to Mexico. <laughs> let's go to Cabo. Let's go to Cabo with the kids. Um, and apparently Scott has a great time. Courtney has a great time. Mm -hmm. Scott, you know, Courtney maybe has a better time than Scott. Uh, but Scott loves being with Courtney platonically, familially, romantically. 
sexually as we find out from this very strange scene where Chloe is just in a bathing suit for no reason. Chloe is literally in a bathing suit for no reason. Her hair looks amazing. She clearly has not gone in the water at all. She has definitely not gone anywhere deeper than the knees. Ah, looking great, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. Um, But so she starts grilling Scott on how the trip to Mexico went, and she asks him, did you kiss her on the lips? Like, and he's like, doesn't really say anything or whatever. But, you know, we get out of him that maybe he did attempt to and failed. He definitely does not deny it. Yes. He doesn't say yes, but he definitely doesn't say no. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, so Courtney doesn't kiss him back. Ultimately, what we find out is Scott did kiss her goodnight. She didn't kiss back. Scott's response is, well, she didn't even do that when we were together. So, he's got a chance. Is what he thinks. And it's so weird because when Courtney and Scott were together for so much of their relationship, Kim and Chloe hated Scott. And in particular, Chloe hated Scott because Courtney and Chloe go to Miami or take Miami. They take Miami. They don't just go there. They take take it. it. (laughs) Um, When Courtney got pregnant with Mason and Scott was still, I mean, Scott was... 26 when that happened can you imagine being 26 and having a child no there are maybe people listening who have had that experience as a 24 year old no absolutely not no time in the near future actually ever for me personally but i just can't imagine being responsible for another life while i'm still trying to figure out how to pay my taxes i mean just like not even just being responsible for a life but being responsible for a life, being on a TV show, being a part of the Kardashian situation. A brand. Um, That's a lot. That's a lot. Certainly. And I don't want to, like, excuse Scott for his behavior because he did behave sort of egregiously. He was kind of like a drunk asshole in a time when he should have been, like, a caring partner for sure. But it is unbelievable to think that that was, like, Scott's experience. Like, Scott is so much younger than Courtney, um, which is hard to remember because he, I feel like, has aged so much in the past few years he after all of the trauma that happened elderly. in his family. Yeah. Anyway, so Chloe being a witness to what happened during, you know, that period in Scott and Courtney's relationship, you know, Chloe hated Scott for a long time. They eventually kind of grew close because of, you know, Chloe's kind of cancer nurturingness. She was like, you broken only child, come, mm-hmm. I'll take care of Poor you. Thin. Poor thing. Um, and, you know, Kim, I feel like Kim has no emotional stock in really what goes on um, in general, but she says, I would love for you and Scott to get back together. Uh, maybe just because she wants North and Saint to have more cousins, that's kind of unclear. She's never really been in Scott's court before for this. I mean, she definitely asks Courtney if she would have another kid, and Courtney's like, I don't know, and which I think definitely excites Kim. Mm-hmm. Slash makes her sad because she is about to find out that she cannot possibly bear another child. That's very true. Um, But, yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I'm kind of pulling for Scott, and... 
it was a very sad puppy moment, I think, with him, where I'm like, aw, you got shut down, poor thing, so cute, like, let me ruffle your hair a little bit. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, Courtney says she needs to see more consistency from him, and she's right, like, of course, a couple of months of good behavior out of, you know, what is, like, a decades-long relationship doesn't really bode well for the future. Like, Scott has so much work to do on himself. And we know this particularly because they have an episode coming up where the family goes to Costa Rica and Scott brings another girl to Costa Rica. Well, and I guess thinking back once again to Chloe's best friends, this is where he was, like, ready to go back, like, doing, you know, appearances in Vegas and, you know, he doesn't end up doing that, but, you know, just... To know that it's still, like, something that he's thinking about is mm-hmm. concerning. Absolutely. Um, I don't know what his, uh, how his properties are doing, but, um. <laughs> how he's making money how is he's always making a question money. I have. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Definitely needs to, uh, keep it together. He is becoming such a sympathetic character. And, I mean, he has been for the past few seasons after being what, is, what was essentially, like, the default villain for so long but you know what the older i get the more i relate to courtney and the fact that she does not care about anything i really appreciate that 100 percent. but you know who does care a lot and i would say even too much chloe kardashian <sighs> she she does um or she pretends not to Really, during, I mean, for a while here, she's ignoring Caitlyn, mm-hmm. which I, I think is what we're getting at here. Uh, the next, what you've decided is going to be the C plot here. I don't really where know. Where we're like a little iffy on the C and the B plot. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I found more interest and intrigue in the uh, Scott and Courtney <laughs> thing, so. Very true. <laughs> so, that that's has, my B plot. <laughs> that at least has some like resolution. Right. A like little this, bit of confrontation. I cannot say the same for Chloe and Caitlyn because even though it starts it kind of very passive aggressive with Chloe being like, I don't want to sit with Caitlyn, Courtney moves seats at Kendall's birthday dinner. That was a little that was dumb. Um but yeah, like just there was you know, again a lot of build up there that just kind of didn't give me a satisfying resolution. Caitlin is trying to reconnect with Chloe, uh, who has been ignoring her and not texting her back. And um, Caitlin is, you know, wondering what's happening. Like, what has she done? Mm-hmm. You know, where, what's going on here? Like, we Chloe, used to be so close. Exactly. Like, let's figure this out. And, and Chloe he, seems she, to have a clear sense of what Caitlyn did wrong as she tells the camera. She doesn't like how Caitlyn treated, you know, Chris Jenner. She doesn't like how Caitlyn treated her. other people during her transition. Very heavily implied that one of those people is Chloe. Chloe. Um, so, you know, Caitlyn calls Chris and is saying, hey, I haven't been able to get in touch with Chloe. Anytime I text her asking her to hang out, she won't text me back. Can you say something to her? And Chris, there's actually a really cute moment at Kendall's 
birthday dinner where Chris gets up to go to the bathroom and she says, oh, I'm going to the ladies' room and, like, winks mm-hmm. at Caitlyn. And it's a little, like, I don't know. That's not... They, that would go, not, they end up going to yeah together. That would not maybe be something appropriate to do to, like, your friend who has recently transitioned or just, like, anyone you happen to know is trans. It's probably not, like, a cute thing to do mm-hmm. in public. But in this case, like, with... Chris being in denial for so long to see the two of them go to the ladies' room together, I think, Mm -hmm. is, like, a huge thing. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I think even Chloe was, like, okay, what? Why? Um, but again, she was, she wants to make it about her. She really does. Her and Chris really have that in common. Mm -hmm. But Chris does take the call, um, and, you know, she says, I'll talk to Chloe. And even when she talks to Chloe, I think I was actually unusually like mature of Chris Mm -hmm. to acknowledge that like she does kind of go back and forth with how she feels about Caitlyn and while maybe you know her total feelings can't be summarized as like Chloe should definitely have like a relationship with Caitlyn and not let you know the bad blood between Chris and Caitlyn affect Mm -hmm. Chloe's relationship with Caitlyn the fact that she can just assert that she knows that that's the right thing to do feels very unusual to Kris Jenner's character, but I was proud of her for doing that, considering kind of how she's been about this transition for the past year and a half. That's true. And I mean, it it's effective on Chloe, because then Chloe feels like, oh, okay, my mom has asked me to do this, so I owe it to her to have a conversation with Caitlin and you know, maybe see how we can resolve things or, you know. Except then she just sits there and is so closed off and is just like, well, it doesn't matter what happened in the past, even though it clearly matters if she, like, won't text back the step-parent who's been in her life for 25 years. Seriously. Um, and, and, and Chloe does admit, like, you know, maybe just because you didn't do things the way that I would have done them doesn't make it wrong, but, but whatever, like, it doesn't, doesn't matter, but, like. It annoys me how she's so self-righteous, righteous mm-hmm. in, like, the confessionals and the talking head scenes where she's just like, Caitlin did me wrong, and it's just like, Chloe, you are doing Caitlin wrong. Like, yeah. I don't agree with Caitlin's politics, but, like, the reason Chloe is upset seems to be, you know, if I can recall back far enough, that, like, Chloe feels like she should have been told about Caitlyn's transition sooner, which feels like a thinly veiled excuse for, like, some transphobia that Chloe is holding mm-hmm. on to. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. Um, and really, it just doesn't, it doesn't end up having a resolution. Uh, they're just like, yeah, we should hang out. Caitlin's like, yeah, you should get to know Caitlin, and, like, because, you know, Bruce is a thing of the past. You should get to know, like, how Caitlin acts, like, what Caitlin does. Because, again, Chloe references the fact that things that Caitlin does are things that Bruce would have never done. Yeah. And she references, like, I feel like she loved Caitlin's unhappiness so much before she came out and she loved being like the person who cared about Caitlin mm-hmm. um and she makes reference to the fact that like oh Caitlin like went out after Kendall's yeah. birthday like you would have never done that before um and she just I think wants to feel this kind of like dominion over Caitlin's like emotional well-being that like she can no longer feel because Caitlin is comfortable Happy with herself and 
she wants to go out and she doesn't need chloe she has a social life and yeah she doesn't need chloe which like that is totally like what i have noticed like just by watching you know however many episodes i've watched like caitlin is doing her own thing now like she doesn't have to have her hand held but wants the girls there still. Yeah, like, like wants her children to be part of her life. And for a good reason. Yeah. Like, that's your parent. Or these are your children, whatever. Yeah. And I mean, it's sad to see Caitlin talking about feeling lonely and feeling like her kids don't talk to mm-hmm. her because I feel like we've been hearing the story for like, you know, a year at this point, you know, that she feels like she doesn't have the same relationship with her kids now that she's come out and like is part of that due to the fact that she moved to Malibu and is a little like geographically distant from them is this because they're you know Kylie and Kendall specifically are at the age where they are legally adults they're on their own um and how much of it is her transition like it's hard to know but it certainly feels poignant that as she's like living her life and like being very public about this is when she feels the most distant from her family. Well, and Chloe, too, is trying to play it off like, oh, no, it's just that, like, we're all really busy and, like, we have other things going on. Oh, my God, Chloe. As if you didn't purposefully sit away from her at the dinner table. Seriously. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and Caitlin, like, asks those very you know direct questions like is it because of this like those things probably should have been I mean that question has clear surely been asked before like is it because of this transition and then Chloe's like no we're just really busy and like Caitlin is still asking these questions and Caitlin and, and Chloe says like oh we both didn't put in enough effort like right as like Caitlin has constantly been calling and texting Chloe, saying, let's hang out, and Chloe just doesn't text her back. <laughs> Not Hello. enough effort, Caitlin. <laughs> Not enough effort. <laughs> Caitlin is calling Chris to ask Chris to talk to Chloe. Like, <laughs> Oh, my God. This is not the last time we're going to hear this storyline. Absolutely not. This is not the last time we're going to wonder if Courtney and Scott are getting back together. This is not the last time we're going to... I don't know. What are other recurring storylines? Hear Rob say he's going to care about his health again. Like, those are some perennial storylines. But next week, we are going to get real about Kanye and his well-being. How real? I don't know. But they have to say something. The way they're setting this up... Whether the degree of intimacy that they are giving us access, whether we truly are, you know, accessing intimate and authentic parts of Kim's relationship and Kim's life is absolutely in question. And I honestly want to say no. I want to say this is very controlled, very guarded, very performative. But they are trying to create the appearance and the facade of being intimate and authentic and vulnerable. And I can't imagine that they're going to cut to black next week and just pick up like a month later uh no they better not at least (laughs) will you be tuning in (laughs) tbd (laughs) i think we've hit all of our major storylines so i think it's time to talk power rankings 
this is a this was a conversation that was had I mean we're we're spanning three episodes here so like that's it, a lot of characters it really was we had to throw out some honorable mentions like Kanye um I don't think it, Jonathan honorable Jonathan? mention as well I would like to throw out an honorable mention to Dream Kardashian for being born. Welcome to the world. Um, Absolutely. Coincidentally, so I had a nightmare recently in which I had a child. Um, what a contrast. But um, shouts out to Dream. Um, I'm sure it'd be very precious. She looks real cute. Looking Her forward to your rap career. really cute on China Snap. Like, King seems like... The big sibling that North is not. Yes. I would have to agree with that. I love that Kim, like, likes the fact that North is jealous of Saint. She does mention that, too. Like, oh, you're so jealous. Like, do you want another... Do you want... Do you want mommy to have another baby? And she's like, no. And then she's like, yes. (laughs) Staring directly into the camera. She's like, no. And she's like, yes, yes. And then Kim's like, no, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let's start at the bottom. No surprises here. My girl, Chloe. Based on so many things, but... Pettiness. Pettiness. Dragging her down. (laughs) I mean, good for you for hitting your uh, numbers at Nordstrom, but that doesn't make up for the fact that you're being a bitch. (laughs) Always. Truly. (laughs) Truly. Um, Coming in right above Chloe, we have Scott holding that torch for Courtney, maybe not making sustainable uh, changes in his life, but it's so endearing. It's so endearing. I just, like, can't, I can't not be a part of it. Number nine, coming in above Scott, is Rob. Um, you know, despite the fact that he became a first-time father, you're just, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not Are feeling confident. Are you really going to get healthy, Rob? Are, Are you, you really going to get healthy? Are you going to ever go to that Armenian restaurant <laughs> and pick up, like, take out again when's the next time that's gonna happen i don't really see it the fact that he tries to prank chris on it's her birthday isn't it or no it's kendall's it's birthday kendall's birthday she tries he tries to no but it is no, chris's, it is chris's birthday. birthday oh my god i've like been kendall's, so confused on but which. it's like kendall's dinner right because like chris was not gonna invite caitlin we have to go back. I'm not sure i really feel like it's kendall's birthday because i not kendall's birthday i feel like it's Kendall's celebration. Well, because they were talking about um, how post-Paris they canceled Kendall's 21st birthday thing. Oh, shit. You were right. So this is something else. I don't know what the hell it is. Well, I don't even know how Caitlin got invited. I don't don't know. know. I did not think Chris was that big of a person. (laughs) Anyway. He's not. (laughs) The fact that Rob pranks Chris on her birthday by being like, we're going to the hospital. The baby's coming. We're on our way there right now. And Chris is, is like, are you serious? And not, everyone's like, no. <laughs> that's not a joke you make as an adult because that has real consequences. Like She's like, if I show up to the hospital and you're not there, I'm going to be so pissed. And they're like, no, it's don't really even listen to him. Only by the grace of Corey Gamble that anyone stops her. Oh, man. 
Coming in above Rob, we have Kylie who makes basically no appearances. She shows up overdressed to Kim's birthday party. Her house almost gets broken into, but it doesn't. I felt for her when she was upset about her dogs, and that's saying a lot because I have not been happy with her recently. I felt for her when she showed up overdressed to the party because why, like, that sucks when everyone else is in sweats and you're, like, in this really tight dress, and she recognized it right away. She's like, I didn't know we were doing comfy. So mad. And I'm like, yes, me too, every time. Um, But coming in above Kylie is Chris, of course. Um whining her way through exerting a lot of power but coming off not not great exerting a lot of faux power um trying to command a lot of attention command a lot of attention um just she needs to take it down she really truly does but keeping her her in line and coming right above her in power rankings is Corey Gamble in his best appearance today. I believe that he knew some shit about security. He was qualified to go check out Kylie's house. Was he qualified to be interviewing people? I don't really know. Unclear. It's <laughs> unclear. It's unclear, you know, his candidates I wasn't convinced would would be the best options, but I didn't see them all, so. You know what? He could keep climbing, though. I believe in him. He can keep climbing. Um, Coming above Corey, we're going back to the seas now. Uh, Caitlin. Um, Props to her for reaching out to Chris, I guess, to try and get to Chloe. Um, Having those hard conversations that that we're not unfamiliar with uh, (laughs) constantly. Yeah, trying to be the bigger person there. Um, Kendall, also in this moment trying to be a bigger person. I want to definitely disclaim that these ratings are related to the episodes, not to IRL news, because she would sink right to the bottom otherwise, but Mm -hmm. she tried to exhibit some empathy to her stalker. Uh, She looked really good. I felt like in all the, in everything. She tried to correct Chris's grammar, R-E, your versus your. Your pants. Your Your jeans. Your jeans. Um, coming in at number three, we are into our top three now, Courtney. Uh, Courtney always, you know, I do also have a soft spot for Courtney. I love how she just kind of strings Scott along. Um, and really, you know, just enjoying family time and not committing to anything, which I appreciate. Our number two is also enjoying family time in this in this app. Trying to making a few brief appearances at dinner and with her newborn baby. And you know what? Many kudos to China for sticking with Rob for as long as she did, tolerating his presence, tolerating his mother, his presence. Uh, you and, know, not backing down to yes. posting pictures of you know their Rolexes on Instagram, even though Chris thought maybe it's not a great idea. You know, what with robbers out and about, so. Um, but, of course, here we are at number one, our girl Kim. Uh, you know, she's showing her, you know, vulnerable side, I suppose. Creating We're trying the illusion to of intimacy. Creating the illusion of intimacy. Um, being very motherly. Staying home. Love that. Hanging out at home, no makeup on all the time. Loving it. Um, That's my aesthetic, personally, so very relatable. 
<clears throat> well, and that wraps it up for our triple feature on the K-hole. Um, I'll be back next week to talk about when it ra when it rains it pours part two. Kayla, will you be watching? I will absolutely be watching. I cannot wait to see how the drama unfolds. And <laughs> really, really look you down forward here. to it. <laughs> really looking forward to it. And you can tune into the K-Hole for our coverage of that. We are going to be posting that soon, I hope. I will cut that out. Um, <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at the K-Hole Podcast, where we post broke post-breaking Kardashian news as well as some breaking celebrity news like the news of Spencer Spidey's, and Heidi's baby. Sp Spidey's baby. Wow. Another shout out to them. So jazzed. Absolutely. Highlight of the day. Highlight TBH. of my day. <laughs> that and Tyga almost getting arrested. Wow. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter at Ashley Brandt. Uh, you can follow Brooke Marine on Twitter at B-R-K-M-R-N. Um, please rate and review us on iTunes. We would appreciate that so much if you could help other people find this podcast. Yeah, well, it was a pleasure uh, joining you for another guest appearance. I hope it is not my last. Um, if it is my last, I <laughs> am also out in there in the Twitterverse. <laughs> and you can follow me at, at Kayla Chapin. Instagram me, call me, beat me if you want to reach me. Um, and thank you for having me. Yeah, thank again. you for coming back. Um, and thank you for doing all of that research, putting the time in. I feel like it really showed. Thank you. I, I watched three episodes. <laughs> Actually, I watched four episodes <laughs> for this. <It's> astonishing. <laughs> True commitment. <laughs> True commitment. Um, do you know how we end our show? This has been the K-Hole. Don't be fucking rude. Yes.